Hello, this is Jim Walsh, and welcome to my podcast called On Eagle's Wings. Maybe you've had a similar experience as the one that I'm going to relate. Maybe you've been home, usually it's on a Saturday. You're enjoying the comfort of your own home. Maybe you're sitting around reading, maybe On a Saturday, you're a sports fan, so you're watching some sport on television. Maybe you're doing gardening work, whatever it may be. You have two young men who will come and approach you. If you're outside, they'll say hello. If you're inside, they'll knock on the door. And they will look very nice. Usually, they're dressed in a shirt and tie and slacks. They'll be pleasant, they'll be kind, young men that probably you would like to have as your friend or maybe like to know. They will identify themselves as Mormon elders. Now first, one thing we want to deal with in this regard is that if we're going to talk about Bible things, we need to call them by Bible names. When the young men from the Latter-day Saints come to speak with you and they speak of themselves as elders, they're not elders in the biblical sense. That is a term that is used by the Mormon church, but it is not a term that is used biblically. And the reason I say that is typically these are young single men. And the scriptures tell us that elders are to be not only married men, but married men with children old enough to be believers. I call your attention to Paul's epistle to Titus. In Titus chapter 1, beginning in verse 5, Paul said, For this cause I left thee in Crete, that thou shouldst set in order the things that are wanting, and ordain elders in every city as I appointed thee. If any be blameless, the husband of one wife, having faithful children, not accused of riot or unruly. For a bishop must be blameless as the steward of God, not self-willed, not soon angry, not given to wine, no striker, not given to filthy lucre, but a lover of hospitality, a lover of good men, sober, just, holy, temperate, holding fast the faithful word as he hath been taught, that he may be able by sound doctrine both to exhort and to convince the gainsayers. Paul, in his first epistle to Timothy, in 1 Timothy chapter 3, in verses 1 through 7, spoke about these same men. Now, Paul identified them as elders and bishops. Elders speaking about a a term being used to deal with their spiritual maturity. Bishops as their role. They are feeders of the flock. And so both in Paul's writing to Timothy and Paul's writing to Titus, he tells us these are married men with believing, faithful children who are experienced men in dealing with God's Word. But that's not what we have in dealing with these young men who come from the Latter-day Saints. Now when they approach you, what they want to do 
is to speak to you about the Book of Mormon. And this is a book that they will teach you that came forth because of Joseph Smith. When you look at some of the general history of Joseph Smith, he claims to have been contacted by an angel called Moroni and that this angel showed him some special golden plates that had been hidden in the ground. According to the story, the angel helped Joseph to translate these plates from the original language, which was something called the Reformed Egyptian. He translated them from that language into the English. Now this supposedly happened sometime around 1830. And it was at that time that Mr. Smith presented the Book of Mormon to the world. But friends, I believe that Joseph Smith is a false prophet and that the millions and millions of people on earth who follow his teaching are lost. I wish it were not so. I take no pleasure in saying that. I'm not here today to say to you, ah, I want to point out these people are lost. No, I'm simply telling you that Joseph Smith is a false prophet. And no matter how well-meaning these individuals are, no matter how kind they are, no matter how generous they are, no matter how sincere they are, if they follow a false prophet, they are being led away from God through his son, Jesus Christ. And as that happens, they will not have an opportunity to be saved. What I'd like to do in this podcast and some to follow is just deal with some reasons why Joseph Smith cannot be a prophet from God. And the first thing we want to deal with is that Joseph Smith himself said that he received this new revelation from an angel. I have a small booklet that is provided by the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It was printed in 1984. It is called The Prophet Joseph Smith's Testimony. In this booklet, it recounts how Joseph Smith says he received God's Word. He says that he was visited by this angel who appeared beside his bed and told him that God was answering his prayers and that God had a special work for him to do. Now, why is this false? Because the New Testament condemns any such revelation. Paul, the apostle of Jesus Christ, wrote an epistle to the saints in Galatia. And in that epistle, he told them that the gospel that they had received was the only true gospel, and that there would be none other, that there would not be any other gospel to come forth. Paul, in Galatians chapter 1, in verses 6 through 9, and I'm, I'm reading from the King James Version, said to them, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel, which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven, preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which ye have received, let him be 
accursed. There are two Greek words here in this text for the one English word, another. Paul said uh, that there were some that, uh, who troubled them because they had caused them to be removed from the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another. So that word another is found twice. But there are actually two Greek words. The first Greek word found in verse 6 is the Greek word heteros, which means a different one. So we could read that passage where Paul says, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another or a different type of gospel. The second word that we find in verse 7 is the word allos, and it means similar or the same. So again, we could read, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto a different gospel, which is not the same. And that is the point that we are making. That he said, even if an angel came to them and gave them a different gospel, since it's not the same gospel that had been delivered in the first century, it's not one that they should believe. He said, in fact, anyone who would receive it is going to be accursed. So Paul told them, don't listen to an angel that tells you something different, because if you do, you would be accursed. You know, there's a small book in the New Testament written by Jude, and you know what Jude says in verse 3 of his small epistle? He said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort that ye should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. You see, the power of God is such that he only needs to deliver his word once. He doesn't need to deliver it in the first century and then uh, in, in the 1800s deliver it again. The power of God's word is such that once it is delivered, it is going to do exactly what God wants it to do. In fact, that was something that God promised through the prophet Isaiah many years before Jesus was born. In Isaiah chapter 55 and in verse 11, God through the prophet said, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereto I send it. So God's promise was when the gospel went forth in the first century, it would do exactly what he wanted to do, and that power would remain, that there would not be a need for another gospel. I think it is very interesting that Joseph Smith's testimony is that he received another revelation from an angel, and that this revelation differs from the original one. Paul said that when that happens, the one who gives such a testimony is accursed. So we have two choices to believe here. Will we believe Paul and the power of God's word that it can be maintained? Or will we believe Joseph Smith? But if we believe Joseph Smith, we have to not believe Paul. 
A second thing to think about is that Joseph Smith claimed to be a prophet of God. Again, in this booklet that I have that the Mormon Church provides about the prophet Joseph Smith, a prophet is one who speaks on behalf of God in revealing God's word, which has not been revealed before. On page 9 of this booklet, Joseph Smith supposedly reveals words spoken to him by the angel, words which were being revealed for the very first time. The angel supposedly quoted from Isaiah 11 and from Joel 2. Now, I want, you to, I want to read to you the first four verses of Isaiah 11. It says, And there shall come forth a rod out of the stem of Jesse, and a branch shall grow out of his roots. And the Spirit of the Lord shall rest upon him, and the Spirit of wisdom and understanding, the Spirit of counsel and might, the Spirit of knowledge and of the fear of the Lord, and shall make him of quick understanding and the fear of the Lord. And he shall not judge after the sight of his eyes, neither reprove after the hearing of his ears. But with righteousness shall he judge the poor, and reprove with equity for the meek of the earth. And he shall smite the earth with the rod of his mouth, and with the breath of his lips shall he slay the wicked. Friends, these words in Isaiah are a prophecy about Jesus Christ. They are telling us that we can identify him as Christ by the fact that he would be of the root of Jesse, that he would be from the household of David. He would be of the tribe of Judah, which Joseph Smith was not. That he would be one who would have the Spirit of God resting upon him so that he would be able to judge in righteousness. Do you know that it's only Jesus that fulfills that description? And the New Testament writers provided every evidence for us to know that. Matthew and Luke both record that Jesus is a descendant of Jesse through David. Both record that at the baptism of Jesus, the Holy Spirit of God descended upon him, identifying him as God's Son, that the voice of God was heard declaring him as his Son. Now, in this little booklet I have, supposedly the angel tells Joseph that although Jesus was a prophet, the words of Isaiah had yet to be fulfilled. Now, who are you going to believe, Joseph Smith or Luke? Joseph Smith or Matthew? Also in this booklet, on the very next page, the angel supposedly quotes from Joel 2.28, saying that it had not yet happened. And yet, if Mr. Joseph Smith had read Acts chapter 2, verses 16 and 17, he would have known that on the day of Pentecost, Peter said that Joel 2.28 was then being fulfilled. Here is what is written in Joel 2, 28 and 29. And it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, your young men shall see visions, and also upon the servants and upon the handmaids in those days will I pour out my spirit. Now, here is what Peter said in Acts chapter 2, beginning in verse 16. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out on those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. Peter said it was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. 
But Joseph Smith tells us that the angel told him it was not yet fulfilled. Friends, who are you going to believe? Joseph Smith or Peter, who was sent by Jesus Christ to preach the gospel? We're going to continue our lesson in dealing with Joseph Smith as a prophet in our next podcast. Until then, this is Jim Walsh. Thank you so much for listening today. I hope that you have a wonderful day.